Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, and welcome to the Publicly Challenged Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Oswald, and I hope you join me on my quest for knowledge to become a better public land hunter, angler, and forager. Stick with this, and who knows, maybe we will learn something together. Okay, so I'm sitting here, and I'm talking to Gina Shively, and uh, Gina, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Gina. Um, yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, lots of people call me Wild Well Fed from Instagram, and yeah. So you have a uh, website, right, where you create recipes and different low fat or low, sorry, low carb, high fat content for different hunting meals and things like that, right? Yeah, I have my little food blog. I've been kind of neglecting the poor thing lately, but yeah, I like to share recipes. I'm really into the low carb, high fat right now. It's been working well. So most of them are along those lines. So how does the low carb, high fat type, uh, like a ketogenic ish, we'll call it diet work when you're hunting versus your normal, you know, carbs that you're taking in? Yeah. So I originally started looking into it because a gram of fat will give you twice the calories as protein or carbs will. And when you're backpack hunting, you count ounces. So it, it made sense to bring the most dense caloric food you could um, just to get the weight down. I'm not a real big person. And so any weight I can get out of my backpack is huge for me. And then also as I got more fat adapted and I started training, I started getting more of the health benefits from it as well. And I'm able to like push myself harder while I am in the field when I feed myself properly as opposed to just eating like Snickers bars. Not that there's not a time and place for that, but <laughs> you know, I feel better and I'm carrying less weight. So that's really yeah. how I got into it. No, I, I always feel better when I eat obviously healthy. I try to eat pretty clean. It's either like whole 30 ish or paleo ish. We'll call it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
I think my biggest vice is probably candy and sugar. Um, it's definitely the hardest thing for me. But in the backcountry, I figured, hey, you know what? That's okay. A little bit extra candy here and there won't hurt, right? Yeah. It'll give me that extra carbs, even though it's probably not the carbs that my body needs. But um, I'm just kind of curious then, like, um, versus the protein, is the fat, I mean, how, how does your body process that or metabolize that versus the fat? Is I mean, do you really have to be in like a ketosis state in order for that to work well? You don't have to be in the state of ketosis to burn fat well. Um, it is easier, like processing protein is a little bit more complicated, takes a little bit more work. But once you've trained your body to um, like run on fat, it does it really, really efficiently. And you don't get like the the big swings that you would from sugar where you're like hangry or, you know, like where you're yeah. like, I gotta eat now. Um, right. So it's like it's more sustained and more like level fuel, I guess. Um, and it does take a little bit of work to get into it. I would never recommend someone just like only pack butter on their first <laughs> outing, you know, like you're going to, you're going to be hurting. Um, and like protein is really important. I think there's a time and a place for protein and carbs, but it is a more sustained energy and it creates less inflammation, which is also really nice when you're pushing yourself really hard. Right. I saw one of the things that you were talking about was like some of the essentials besides the food to pack with you as far as supplements. Could you uh, talk about that, what what they are and, and why you need it? Yeah. Um, when you're in the backcountry, you're, you're asking a lot out of your body. So you want to give it everything that it needs so that it can perform as well as you can, especially if it's like day in and day out. You know, if you're just going to go out and work really hard for one day, it's not as important. But, you know, a sheep hunt is, you know, 10 plus days. So, you know, it's asking a lot of your body. Um, supplements. Let me think. I bring turmeric tablets just to help deal with inflammation because you're you're beating up your body. Um, I bring spirulina tablets, which is like an algae, which is just like concentrated nutrients. And it, when you take them, you kind of get like a little boost of energy, which is kind of nice. But you know, just trying to keep healthy while you're back in the back country. Um, I think I also typically bring liver tablets just because it's like desiccated liver. They're like little, you know, you can just swallow them because I don't really like eating liver, but it gives you <laughs> lots of beans. I think it's kind of gross, but it's really good for you. So um, do you gives, make those then or do you? N- no, you I, them? that's one of the things I purchase. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do try to grind up the liver into my hamburger though. Um, but so yeah, so I bring those. They kind of give you B vitamins, just help you regenerate, you know, after all the work. And I'm trying to think what I bring. Um, I have also been <laughs> – I've been bringing um, – I think it's on it. They make like a exercise thing. Oh, my gosh. I should know this better. Um it, it helps. It just helps performance. It helps you utilize oxygen a little bit better. So like a nitric oxide booster type no. supplement, maybe like beets extract. Maybe no, and I, I think it has like mushrooms of some sort in it. So it's kind of like an adaptogen okay. thing. I should, I could look it up. Um, what is it called? Oh my gosh. I should know that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I only take it when I'm sheep hunting, but I kind of get like a little boost from that as well. Um, I think those are the main ones that I take just kind of give myself like a well-rounded nutrients while I'm in the back country. That's one thing I'm 
just starting to get into is like uh, the medicinal side or the health benefit side of mushrooms. And there's yeah. so much out there. It's pretty cool. I know. It's like a really deep topic. You could like study that forever. I was so excited. I told my wife, I was like, I found some turkey tail. I'm going to make some nice. capsules. So, you yeah. definitely should. Turkey yeah. tail would be awesome. Yeah. So got that going. Got my reishi that uh, a friend uh, sent me a bottle of the tincture of that. So that's pretty cool. Boost my immune system. Yeah, I think I gotta, turkey tail is really good for immune too, right? I believe it's good for immune system as well as anti-cancer properties it has. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's huge. Right. So, yeah, I was just talking to a guy at work about that actually. But um, so anyway, <laughs> so let's talk about foraging then. You're kind okay. of a noob yourself, right? But so yes. how many how many can you safely or successfully identify right now? <laughs> oh, less seven? than 10. Yeah, seven. seven. Yeah. Seven. Okay. Maybe a couple extras when you throw berries in there. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Berries, I, I mushrooms, to, right? That's like. I haven't gotten mushrooms yet. Like that's, that's still. Yeah. So you're I'm located in Alaska. Enough. We didn't really intro oh, that yeah. part. That's pretty important because that's pretty yes. cool. It's a great place to be. It's um, awesome place so to be. So how is the mushroom hunting? I mean, have you heard from other people as far as in Alaska, how, how that is? There's probably not like a super long season people... for springtime mushrooms, right? People do it, and I know there's chaga here, so I keep looking in trees for that. Um, <laughs> that's the only one I I know they're here. I think like Chicken of the Woods is another one. I haven't. I I'm just like a little too chicken, like you know, it's to try sulfurous latiolus or something like that. Something pretty close. That's Chicken okay. of the Woods, but awesome. Um, yeah, we could we could talk more about myself. that later. But yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, um, you're also getting your pilot's license, which is pretty cool. I've always yeah. wanted to do that myself, studied up on it a little bit, but then yeah. just ran out of time. But so can you talk about that and how far you are now? Sure. Um, I have my private pilot's license right now. I'm currently working on my instrument rating. Um, uh, I just flew today. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm hitting that pretty hard the ground school and trying to fly every day and just get experience at this point. Um, hopefully soon I'll be a commercial pilot. <laughs> are you all okay? So you want to be a commercial pilot, like a bush yeah. pilot up in Alaska or what do you want to do? Are no, you... I, I think I want to fly the bigger planes. Um, pays better. It's safer. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, <laughs> I would like to own my own plane cause there's so many places up here that are only accessible with a plane. And I think it'd be, you know, if you live in Alaska and you're a pilot, you might as well. Right. You know? <laughs> right. So I saw you were wearing in, uh, one of your social media posts, you were wearing these wool bibs. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I, at first I looked and I go, Oh, she's a, a G Fred Aspel band or fan. And I was like, eh, wait a minute, maybe not. And then I read the post and it's, it was wool rich or something, but it's Filson. Filson. Yeah. Yes. So if you haven't heard, it's a, a traditional archer called Fred Aspel and there's Aspel wool up in Michigan, I believe, or maybe Pennsylvania. But either way, he makes custom pieces of hunting gear <gasps> that are traditional style wool. Oh, pretty cool. Yeah, I could definitely get into that. So, yeah, my buddy's got one of his coats and his bibs and claims they're the greatest <sighs> thing ever. So you might want to look into that. Figure to yes. bring that up. Like, sorry, Ryan, I have to buy another $500 pair of pants. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about that. Do, does your husband hunt as well? Yeah. So who started hunting first? I mean, have you, like, always hunted your whole life, or is it something you got into later? Yeah, I kind of grew up – I grew up in Wyoming, so – and my dad was a hunter. Um, we did more, like, 
hunting from the truck, you know, it wasn't, right. you know, I did antelope hunting. I did some bird hunting. Um, so I kind of did a little bit of that down there. And then when I moved to Alaska, I got into sheep hunting because when you're in Alaska, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband did grow up hunting too, but he didn't try sheep hunting until he met me. So, so now, yeah. okay, let's talk about the sheep hunting. How long have you been doing that? Cause that's something that seems pretty cool. Um, I've been on four sheep hunts, but they've been kind of spread over like 10 years. I want to say kids kind of, you know, put a break on that for <laughs> <Right>. a while. <laughs> I can um, understand that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like hard to sheep hunt when you're pregnant or something. Um, but yeah, so I've been on four sheep hunts and three of them were successful, but yeah. So 10 years. Let's talk about that a little bit, getting into the sheep hunting. So in Alaska, if you're a resident, how does that work versus a non-resident? A non-resident, you have to have a guide, right? Correct. Or be with next to kin. Okay. Um, but as a resident, you can just get over the counter tag. I have been really lucky and I've drawn two really great tags. So I've been super, super lucky. Um, and that gives you access to a certain area. But this year I went on over the counter sheep hunt. Which was great. Yes. That's, and I like, believe I saw that and you went with I can't remember her name, but I know who she is from Outdoor Journey. And was it her husband or something? Um, no, it was um Courtney and uh Zach Kinner. Just some I met him on Instagram. Um but yeah. Well, she yeah, she has was, a podcast, right? Yeah, she does yes. have a podcast. Okay. Yeah, yes. she's a badass. A badass. <laughs> so you guys went on the sheep hunt, there was all kinds of crazy stuff saw yeah. something there was a picture of you guys huddled under a piece of like rock or an overhang or something yeah what? we um we called it a cave but that's probably being a little generous um <laughs> one of the nights we went after some sheep well we started in the day and we went after sheep and left our tent behind to be a little bit lighter and we got there and the sheep were there but they were just in a place that we couldn't get to them they kind of have a tendency to like you know be on the top of cliffs and so we kind of had to decide, do we go back to camp and lose all that time or do we stay there and hopefully get a shot? And it was like the last day we could hunt because we knew we had a, we only had 10 days of food going in. So our time was limited. So we knew we only had so many days because we still had to pack it out. And so we decided to sleep in a cave, you know, you know, without sleeping bags or anything. Um <laughs> And then in the morning we woke up and it worked, you know, they're, they're still there. So it was, it was worth it, but it was definitely kind of an adventure. So then what day was that on, on the hunt? I think we slept in the cave night five. So how bad was the stench in that cave then? By then you're used to it. I don't know. Like, every once in a while you get a little whiff and you're like, wait, is that me? But, you know, you're, you, get, you get kind of used to your filth. If it was day like day nine or something, I imagine it'd probably be a little bit worse. Yeah, it, it got worse. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you had some weight to the packs and it was pretty warm. So so did you, um, you, I, I, you were carrying a bow and a rifle, right? I was carrying my bow. I've always wanted to get a sheep with a bow. And then Zach was carrying the rifle just in case. And we kind of had to make the decision between coming home with nothing or using the rifle. Um, So I ended up taking him with a rifle just because where he was, there was not a sneak on him with a, you know, a bow and we didn't have any extra time. But 
I really want to get a sheep with a bow. <laughs> so I'm guessing then uh, your preferred weapon of choice is a bow for hunting then. I'm just getting into archery hunting. Um, and I'm not sure there's a bad way to go hunting, but it's just always kind of been a dream of mine to get a sheep with a bow. I feel like it's next level. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. I don't know hardly anything about sheep hunting. So, but and I, I don't, at this stage in my life, I don't even know if, it's even possible right now, but sure it is. Yeah. Well, you can do it. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> That's a lot of time, especially right now. What, what, how's it going with the whole quarantine thing? I mean, are people required to quarantine for like 14 days before they can even go anywhere or do anything? Yeah. If you come in from another state, I think that is, um, in Alaska, we're super lucky because we've been isolated. We were one of, we isolated pretty quick and we're just naturally kind of isolated. So they're starting to, open things up. Um, you know, they're kind of starting to open up restaurants and things like that. So they're loosening up, which is great, but yeah, <laughs> <We're not. laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's cool. That's cool though. So, um, how, I mean, like, so you go on these hunts, your pack, how are you preparing for that? Like, what are you doing as far as like training? And then what are you doing as far as like stuff in your pack for meals and things like that? Yeah. So as far as training, I tried to do strength training semi-regularly um, and a lot of hiking. Last year I did a lot of hiking, but I'd be carrying a kid, but then I'd also be going like at my four-year-old's pace. So, you know, you just kind of do the best that you <laughs> yeah. can. Um, and I'm not sure you can ever be totally prepared to go sheep hunting. So you just get in the best shape you can. Lots of hiking. I did so many lunges just like up and down the driveway, you know, just wherever I could. Um, I do like strength training also. And then as far as packing your bag, you need everything for 10 days. So you're going to need your shelter. It gets cold. You need clothes. Um, anything that has to do with your weapon. Um, I packed in like arrows and, you know, you need ammunition if you have a gun, gun cleaning stuff because it's going to get wet. Um, you know, first aid kit. 10, 10 days of food, which I like having about 3000 calories per day. I'm a pretty big eater. Um, man, I don't know. The pack always is bigger than you think it's going to be. You're like, you just keep adding stuff in and then you do like an audit and you take everything out that you don't need and, you know, trying to keep the weight down going in. But so at like day one, have you ever weighed your pack or you just take it and yeah. go with it? Um, it's usually about 60 to 70 pounds Whew. with, That's with everything. Lot. Yeah. <laughs> um that's including like water you know a couple liters of water and I always count the you know the weapon that I'm bringing to um people say they get it lighter but I'm always very suspicious of you know like if they're not counting anything um and I always bring a tent which some people are into the tent shelters but I've been in some pretty gnarly weather so I don't yeah. think I would do that but <laughs> So what kind of elevation is it in Alaska then when you're doing the sheep hunting? Is it like 6,000, 9,000? I don't think it's 9,000. It's pretty great because all, all of our mountains start pretty low. So it's not – like I'm from Wyoming where everything starts up high. Right. You know? Right. And I know whenever I go back there, I'm always like, oh, my God, I can't breathe anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I got so weak. Um, yeah, like 6,000, I want to say. Someone's probably listening to this and thinks I'm – <laughs> an idiot but um <laughs> yeah it's not it's not super high just because all the mountains start so low okay 
yeah. but you're definitely above tree line. Um, so cool though. Most I, of I the time. <laughs> I wonder if it'd be easier to acclimate than, you know, coming, coming from like the Midwest where I'm at to acclimate to, you know, the mountain ranges of Alaska versus when you're out in Colorado and you oh, end up sure. at like, you know, 11, 12, 13,000. They know? have 14 foot like mountains that people just hike normally. Yeah. No, it'd yeah. be way easier coming from a lower state to hike in Alaska for That's, sure. Cool. That's definitely cool. So then I want to break it down a little bit more about your meals that you're, yeah. you're, you're making and packing. So you do dehydrated versus freeze dried. And is that just kind of like the availability thing of a freeze dryer? Cause I know a lot of people are doing it right now. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm trying to, con- I'm trying to convince my wife into buying a freeze dryer, but she's like, you're nuts. <laughs> you know. But- I think it'd be cool to own one, but it's a big investment. Yeah. I think they're like two, three thousand dollars yes. as opposed to a dehydrator. Four hundred, five hundred. If yeah. if that, I think yeah. you can get them for like a hundred. I don't, I don't know because I have like a hand-me-down dehydrator that's like older than I am, you know. But right, they're they, it still works. It's great. I mean, it's a really simple machine, but they're so much more affordable. So that yeah. was kind of how I did that. I can't really use mine because I can't put. Well, I guess I could. But it's one of the old circle ones, you know, it's yeah. the round ones. That's what I've got. And it's like, man, everybody's using parchment paper and sliding it right into the trays. Yeah. <laughs> like, parchment paper. Is but a, they've got the great. nice square trays, you know, or the rectangular trays and they're just putting the parchment right on it and doing it. But so how do you, how do you go about doing the meals like you're prepping? Um, I usually just kind of start with a recipe. It's usually something that I normally kind of eat um, and things like stews and chilies are kind of like a good starting place. And then I'll usually dehydrate them and I like to test them out before I take them, you know, on a long trip. It's always a good idea to test your food before you take it out into the back country <laughs> to make sure it sits well with you and it tastes good. Um, so I'll just make like a, a curry or, you know, a stew or something like that, which is super easy, dehydrate it. And then I have little Mylar bags. I've gone fancier. Um, and then I can put it in there. So when you're doing it though, I mean, you have to like make it way thicker than like a, a real loose stew, right? I mean, cause yeah, I mean, so... especially if you don't have like a, a tray, if you had to get to like set on like a mesh tray, it'd have to be a lot thicker, but you want right. it to be a, as thick as you can get it before you put it in just, it's going to save a lot of time dehydrating too. So are you going to cook it down like in the pan then or, or your pot or whatever you're cooking it in? Just I cook keep it down. Going? A little bit, or I just won't add as much liquid to start out with. You know, you just like use your basic ingredients, like your ground meat, your onions, your vegetables, and you just add enough liquid just to like get the yummy brown stuff off the bottom of the pan and kind of like cook it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have that much extra liquid. So then when you rehydrate it, is that where the extra liquid would come in then? Or is it just, Yeah. yeah. And I always try to put as much liquid as I can when I'm rehydrating because it rehydrates faster. And I'm always dehydrated. Um, sometimes it's hard to drink enough water when you're there, especially if you're cold. I never drink enough water when I'm cold. So it's like nice to have the extra warm liquid. So, I mean, what's like kind of a rule of thumb then for the amount of water to add to one of your meals that you do? Is there anything that mm. you figured out or, or no? Nope. <laughs> I just go for it. <laughs> I usually figure... Um, I, I buy like Mylar bags and I want my dinners to be about 900 calories and sometimes I add fats to those to get that up there and then I just put as much liquid as the pack will hold. It's usually about <laughs> two cups. Um, that's what a jet boil holds. So it's usually about two cups <laughs> yeah. but I'm like I need water. 
so how do you, how do you measure out or figure out um the the calorie amount that you're you know after you dehydrated into a certain portion are you keeping it separated or something when you're measuring it out or how how do you do that spreadsheets um <laughs> i will <laughs> Spreadsheets are your best friend. Um, I'll make a spreadsheet with like the recipe and I'll figure each recipe is going to be like however many servings. It just seems to be like three because a pound of meat goes into about three servings usually for me. And then just how many ingredients I put in and I divide by the number of servings. And it kind of gives me an idea. Yeah, spreadsheets. Lots and lots of spreadsheets. Very, very interesting. I I, <laughs> I don't know. I want to try it, but I'm kind of scared or nervous. And I know like the whole the freeze drying aspect of it just seems like a it's so easy cut and dry to me, but maybe it's not. I don't know. It's so easy. You can do it. It's, it's you like you make a stew, you put it in the dehydrator, you go, you know, how, how's, how long is that? Like the average time then for the dehydration? Like, I mean, you go in for like 14 hours dehydration or how long? Does it yeah. Take? Is it a long it time? It kind of depends on the recipe. It is a long time. And I usually just do it overnight and then you kind of wake up in the morning and see where it is. Maybe break up some big chunks. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a while and it kind of depends on what temperature you do it at and how much is in your dehydrator and yeah, what you put in it, but it varies. I never really time it. No. <laughs> I'm not that crazy. Just <laughs> but, wing it. So yeah. the consensus is just wing it then. Yes. <laughs> okay. Perfect. You're fine. It's food. It's you're, you're good. You've been feeding yourself for a while. So <laughs> yeah. this is true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Have fun with it. Right. So you've been working f- with Heather's Choice or for them for a little bit and kind of doing some stuff. What do you, what do you, yeah. What have you been doing there? Um, right now I'm doing some recipe development for Heather's Choice. Um, and that's mainly what I'm doing. I've gone to a couple shows and worked at the booth just because that's a really good time. Sheep Show is so fun. and. So I saw you took some of your meals to Sheep Show that you dehydrated yourself. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Mm -hmm. I sometimes when I travel, I bring dehydrated meals with me because they travel so easily and they're like healthy and they're fast. And then you don't have to worry about food later on. Um, Right. That's that's a good idea. (laughs) I did a little bit of flight training down in Utah and I brought almost all my food down with me because I knew it was going to be busy and I didn't have to worry about like cooking in the Airbnb. So they're kind of just handy to have actually. Yeah. So, so you do a recipe. I'm kind of embarrassed to admit it, but I've never eaten a Heather's Choice meal. You should try them. Well, I kind of got turned off because like the first couple meals that they had were like different mackerel or salmon or whatever they were. And I was just the like, smoked yeah. salmon. Yeah. I don't know what, what yeah. it was. And there was a couple of them and the one was some type of chili or something. And all the reviews I read, people were like, uh, I don't think it's exactly one you want with you in the back country as far as this. Really? Yeah. I don't remember what it was though, but so yeah, it just kind of, it kind of turned me away from it. And I was like, ah, I don't know. And that's kind of the food or the style of food I'm looking for. Maybe minus the fish or something. I'm not a huge fish guy. I know that's you know, sad to say, but yeah. So the smoked salmon chowder is one of their best selling meals and it has like a ton of protein. But I don't like fishy soup. You know, like it's like right. it's not for everyone. Like people who love salmon love it. But then like I, it's my hang up. I just like if you don't like salmon, you're not going to like it because it's like a ton of salmon. I mean, I think it has like 50 grams of protein or something in it. Like it's it's crazy. 
and people love it. But if it's not for you, it's not for you. Right. So that's so. kind of where my, my bugaboo, my hang up was. Yeah. On that. <laughs> well, and that's where testing stuff out before you go right. into the backcountry comes in. Like you want to try that because you don't want to be back there and be like, man, I really don't like this, you know, and, or, oh man, it just doesn't sit right with me. So it's good to, that's where trying stuff out <laughs> really comes in. <laughs> yes. And there's a few other meals out there that I don't really eat too many of them anymore because the sodium content and yeah. um, I kind of over the past year or so, I don't eat grains anymore. So it's like, man, that's, you know, super tough to get a yeah. backcountry meal like that, that you can, you can do that. And I've been looking at Heather's Choice more and more, but still, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a salmon guy. Um, yeah, I wouldn't recommend the chowder then. It's very <laughs> salmony, <laughs> which so is great if you like it. But <laughs> hopefully, you guys are devising some more recipes pretty soon. You're working on something. That... We're working on some. Yeah. Okay, good. And then the whole pack of runes, I have made my own of those though. So nice. I was. So uh, yes. Yes. I think I told <laughs> I told you that they were the. I did uh, cocoa nibs and cherries yes. and coconut. I think I used lime or something. It was a. Oh yeah. It was a great that combination great. though. It was yeah. a great combination. Especially like the crunch from the cocoa nibs. That'd be amazing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, um, what kind of like crazy things have you encountered then, as far as like on the sheep hunts, like just you ever had to wait out any gnarly storms or lightning oh, yeah. displays or what i mean Not i have lightning. no idea yeah. what's it like yeah i've definitely been like stuck in my tent for a couple days at a time because of weather um, especially like when the ceilings if it gets really foggy you can't see any of the sheep so you just kind of like hang out in your tent for a couple days and things get real weird you get, you get a little crazy in your tent um i've definitely two years ago on my sheep hunt the wind came up there was like, a huge windstorm that came through alaska and I'd actually shot my sheep that day. So we're like coming back with really full packs and like hoping the tent's still there. And it actually survived. It's like, we'll never be quite the same. Um, it's kind of bent up, but, um, yeah, definitely windstorms, snow. Yeah. You encounter a lot of weather. I haven't done lightning yet, thankfully, but, um, <laughs> a lot of weather, a lot of rain. It's, it's typically very wet, um, and cold. So when you get the tag, is it you're only going out for like 10 days or is it one of those things to where, say, you could go back, you know, it's like a month long season? Yeah, it kind of depends. Some of the tags that you draw have very specific dates that you can hunt, like they're only like two weeks long. Um, I haven't been able to go much longer than 10 days just because like the amount of food you carry and like people getting time off of work. Um, my first sheep hunt and we went in with like 20 days of food. We we're like, we're, we're going bust, you know, like, so it, it's a decently long season. You could go back out if you had people to go with you or you don't have to work or you carry enough food. Typically have all those other silly things that just get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All those real life practical things. Yeah. But <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. So, um, yeah, I don't know. So you got any other plans then as far as hunts going on, like coming up, anything special? Not really. Um, and who knows what's going on now in the world. Um, this year I was kind of thinking that it was my turn to help somebody else pack up an animal. I, I've really always been the one harvesting the animal. So I think it's my turn to pay it back. Um, I had plans actually with Courtney to hopefully get her a moose or a caribou, but now we're not sure about the traveling um, situation. So I kind of want to get a bear in the next couple of weeks, but that's, um, I don't know. 
I'm not really in a season of my life where I'm planning. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm chicken it by ear, but um, I would love to go out again. And I just think it's my turn to help someone take an animal and carry it out for them. So that's, that's kind of my next plan. Very generous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, so, yeah, I mean, have you been on a caribou hunt yourself then? I mean, um, yeah, yeah. It was actually the first hunt I did up in Alaska before I was a resident. I did a caribou off the whole road. Um, that's awesome. That's one of my like lifetime goal trips yeah. to do the hall road. And, I don't uh, recommend care. the rifle that w- it was kind of hellish because rifles, um, what, like two miles from the road or something five, like that. five, Ooh. which yeah. doesn't sound that far, but on tundra, we ended up getting two down seven miles off the road and <laughs> I ended up like hurting my leg and it's just now getting better after like 10 years. It was pretty it was pretty brutal. It uh, was, you heard it on the pack out then? That... Yeah, just the suction of like the, the tundra like holds onto yes. your foot and just like trying to pull it out. It just, it was, yeah. Bring what a bow. call that? Like the gumbo or something? Or what's the the term for the gumbo. that? <laughs> I've never the gumbo. <laughs> I like that. I probably like that. I have I, tundra muskrags? I don't know. Yeah, it was just that tundra on the North Slope is brutal. Yeah. And you're no, like, why... oh, five miles. It's not bad, <laughs> but it is. It's really bad. <laughs> Five miles is like my limit just about anywhere. <laughs> my sheep last year was 30 miles from the road and that was, that was easier. 30 miles is a lot. How, so that was, was like over the course of the five days you traveled that though, right? It kind took us just... four days to pack them out. Yeah. Four pretty long days. Whew, that's brutal. It was, it was pretty hard. Um, Courtney and Zach are beasts. It was good. Um, there was a lot of elevation change too, which you don't get that as much on the tundra, but Right. No. A lot of rocky places. (laughs) Yeah. I totally want to do that though. I want to do, I want to do archery. I think I I don't really have any goals for anything with a rifle as far as hunting everything in my head. I picture it and I picture it with my bow. It's just, and truthfully, I mean, there's some things I want to do and I just, I want to do it with the traditional bow. And I know I'm not there in my place in my life yet, but right. That's like next level. I've only taken one animal with a bow and it was like go in Hawaii. So I'm not even sure if that counts. And I'm like, man, why doesn't a goat in Hawaii (laughs) count? I don't know. It was just, it was like a half day hunt. I don't know. It was like, I hear, yeah, I hear they're pretty easy there, but yeah, there was just so many of them and it was like great. And I was there with my dad, which was extra special, but, um, it was fun. I highly recommend it. I just don't think I can really call myself an archery hunter for, what, <laughs> for doing what that. What kind of goat was it? Like a barbary? Or barbary no. Or, I think they're Spanish goats. Spanish goat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, someday Half I'll day. be an archery. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was great. I, I'll admit um, it's not something I really would do too much anymore, but I've been to a few hunting ranches, mostly for, you know, people catch feral hogs and release them on these ranches and you go do it. And it's like a big social type, yeah. you know, outing and you and your buddies and everybody goes. And, uh, we did that for a bachelor party of mine, uh, actually. Um, and then, <laughs> so we were all doing that and my cousin was having the hardest time trying to get, he was trying to get a pig and he couldn't get one. Just, he was getting discouraged. And by the end, he was saying, you know what, if I can't get one, I'm going to, I'm just going to get a goat. And it just so happened that they had these goats there. And one was, you know, some type of Spanish Hawaiian goat, whatever it was. And then, <laughs> and then there was, uh, I can't remember what the other one was, but, um, they, they were almost so tame. 
<laughs> from nobody hunting them for so long that you could, I was like, well, here, let me go put some feed on your barrel and see if you can <laughs> right. go do it. <laughs> so I kind of get what you're saying about the yeah. goat hunt because of These that, goats but. weren't quite that. They were definitely a little skittish, but yeah. yeah. You hear people getting like brown bears and like sheep with their goat, with their bows. And I'm like, I am not not that hardcore yet nope <laughs> one day but one day maybe, one day right? it will happen yeah, yeah. I'd it like takes to, a lot of luck <laughs> yeah Skill. i'd like to do like a spring spring bear hunt somewhere and use a bow but that's probably probably next to impossible i don't know i don't think so i almost had a shot on a bear last year um in montana i think people do it maybe i'll get one this year yeah i think it's i think it's mostly luck as far as i can tell like there's skill involved <laughs> But things also just have to work just perfect. You, you know? got to be at the right place at the right time. Right? Yeah. I, I, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> I'll have to look into that more, I guess. Yeah. But I guess that's kind of all the questions I have for you today. Um, you Can you tell people where they can find you or reach out to you for anything? Yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram at wildwellfed. Um, my blog is wildandwellfed.com. Those are probably the best places. I'm on Instagram more than my blog these days. Um, just that I've kind of neglected that with flight school. But yeah, those are probably the best ways. All right. I appreciate you coming on and talking to me and me. telling me about the freeze dried or dehydrated. Sorry. <laughs> I got a freeze dryer on my brain and I don't know why, but yeah. <laughs> Thanks for teaching me that I can do it myself and wing it. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely can. <laughs> and I appreciate it. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the Publicly Challenged podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to. Also, if you could leave a review, that would help us out. And you can check us out on Instagram or at publiclychallenge.com. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the show. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.